Because of everything Jesus did for us, we owe everything to Him. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 10 this morning. Luke chapter 10. We'll be looking at a short passage, verses 38 through 42. And this morning, we're continuing our series that we started a few weeks ago called Come and Die. And we've been looking at instances in the life and ministry of Jesus where Jesus shares a meal with others as part of his mission strategy. And as we have seen over the past several weeks, Jesus ate with others for the simple purpose of having spiritual and gospel conversations. But this morning in the passage we're going to look at, the meal itself is not the focus, but what was taking place as the meal was being prepared. When I was a student in youth ministry at my church in Alabama, which wasn't that long ago, some of you may get that later, but we we did an activity that was called Bigger or Better. I also think I did this once in California, and I only did it once as a youth pastor. And I wouldn't do this today, but, but we would be divided into teams of four or five, and we'd be given a very small, insignificant item, like a penny or something like that. We would have a time limit. And the instruction was, you go on knock doors in the area around the church and try to exchange that penny for something that was bigger or better. So if I knocked on someone's door and said, I have a penny, I want something bigger or better, they may give me a carton of eggs. Then you go to the next house and say, can you give me something bigger or better? They may give you a VHS cassette in my time, or a DVD in today's time, but this continued until time was up. And then we would come back to the church and we had what was called bigger or better time. And we did a comparison of the final item that each team received to answer the question, which team finished with the better item? We wound up with things like recliners and couches, dining room tables, ping pong tables, aquariums, mannequins, TVs. You name it, we got it. And when you think about it, it was a win-win for everyone involved. We were excited because we were trying to get the items that were bigger and better. And the people who gave us these items saw it as an opportunity to get rid of the things they no longer wanted. So Blake, maybe you can do that with our church members so they can get rid of the stuff they no longer want. But, but in our lives, there are a lot of things we do. There are a lot of things that we were involved with that are good. However, as we unpack our passage this morning, there is a straightforward undeniable question that each of us must answer am I doing not what is good or what is better or what is bigger but am I doing what is best and that's going to be the focus of the passage this morning so Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 we're going to go through this passage I want to ask you to allow Jesus to speak to you this morning as we unpack what he has to tell us verse 38 it says While they were traveling, meaning Jesus and his disciples, he entered a village, probably the village of Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who asked the Lord, who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. 
The first point I want to make is we prioritize Jesus when we spend time in the presence of Jesus. We prioritize Jesus when we spend time in the presence of Jesus. Jesus and his disciples were traveling and Jesus decided to stop in the village of Bethany, which was located about two miles east of Jerusalem at the home of Martha. Now Martha, who along with her sister Mary and their brother Lazarus, they were close friends with Jesus. And so Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Now Lazarus is not mentioned in this story. He could have been there. We don't know, but, but Mary is. And when Jesus came into the home of Martha, Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to everything he had to say and to learn from him. And it was customary in that time for disciples to sit at the feet of their teachers as they spoke. This is how they became teachers, by sitting at their feet, sitting under their teaching. However, this kind of behavior was very unusual for a woman, as women in the first century were not permitted to be any kind of teachers. And the religious leaders of the time, they would be miffed if they saw a woman sitting at the rabbi's feet, as this position was reserved for men. And in that culture, the customary role of the woman, it was to make preparations for the meal it was to to clean the house but Mary did not care about cultural norms Mary did not care about the expectations society placed on her she cared about the things of God and she wanted to sit at the feet of Jesus the son of God the Messiah and she wanted to soak in everything he had to say she didn't know if she would ever get this moment with Jesus again And she wanted to take advantage of the opportunity that Jesus presented her. And what is interesting about Mary is is that the three times she is mentioned in the Gospels, she is described each time as being at the feet of Jesus. In John 11, 32, it says, When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You see, when Lazarus dies and Jesus came to resurrect Lazarus, Mary fell at his feet and she shared her struggle with Jesus. Then we go to John chapter 12, verse 3. And it says, Mary took a pound of fragrant oil, pure and expensive nard, anointed Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So in this instance, she fell at the feet of Jesus. She poured out her worship. Most likely in response to what Jesus did in raising Lazarus, her brother, from the dead. You know what these instances tell me about Mary? Mary knew what was important. Mary had her priorities in order. She was concerned first and foremost about being in the presence of Jesus. I wonder this morning how many of us have the heart of Mary. We prioritize spending time with Jesus. We prioritize being in his presence. And the way that we show that Jesus is the priority, not just a priority, is by spending time with him. Because if we want to be like Jesus, if we want to learn from Jesus, if we want to live for Jesus, if we want to fulfill the expectations he has for our lives, we need to spend time in his presence. And how can we do all these things if we don't spend time with him? We can't. In fact, I believe our spiritual growth is directly related to the time we're willing to spend in His presence. 
This is how we get fed spiritually, by spending time with Jesus. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will know about him, and the more we will become like him. We say we want God to give us strength. We say we want God to give us wisdom. We say we want God to work in our lives. But the only way we can receive these strengths from God is by being in the presence of God. Psalm 1611, the psalmist wrote, You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. In your right hand are eternal pleasure. The psalmist understand that if he wanted to know the, the path of life, he needed to spend time in the presence of Jesus. If he wanted abundant joy, he needed to spend time in the presence of Jesus. You know, we say we want God to show up in our lives. But if we want, to show, if we want God to show up in our life, we need to take time to show up in the presence of God. If we want God to show up in our life, We need to take time to show up in the presence of God and be like the psalmist said in Psalm 42, 1 and 2. He said, as a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? The psalmist understood that he needed to take the time out of his busy day, out of his schedule, to be in the presence of God. It says that he longed for God. He longed to be with God. He thirsted to be in the presence of the living God. We can say we love Jesus all we want. We can say nothing is more important to us than Jesus. But the evidence is not in what we say. The evidence is in what we do. And does our doing demonstrate that Jesus is most Important is what matters the most. And like Mary, we are to make spending time with Jesus the number one priority in our life. The second thing I want to point out is, comes from verse 40, that we are often preoccupied with life when we should be preoccupied with spending time in the presence of the author of life. We are often preoccupied with life when we should be preoccupied with the author of life, Jesus. While Mary was listening to Jesus, what was Martha doing? She was laboring. She was busy cleaning. She was preparing the meal for about 15 people. The disciples and Jesus and Mary and herself. And think about this. The Son of God, the creator of the universe, the Messiah is in her home and she is more concerned with cooking and cleaning than hearing what Jesus, the author of life, has to say. Can you imagine what she missed? Have you ever thought about what what we miss when we are too preoccupied with life to spend time with Jesus and to sit at his feet? You know what we miss out on? We miss out on what Jesus wants to speak to us into our lives at that very moment. Martha missed out on being with Jesus because she was distracted by her work, the scripture says. And the Greek word for distracted is perispato. It means to be pulled away or pulled apart and pulled in different directions. And we live with constant distractions in our life. We are pulled in all directions. We have hectic schedules. We're going here and and going there. We're busy with social media, whether it's TikTok or Facebook. 
We have little devices in our pockets that constantly ask for our attention, our cell phones. We have video games and TVs and subscription services. And if we are not careful, these distractions will pull us away from what really matters, and that's spending time with Jesus. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't welcome Jesus into our lives. Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. She welcomed his presence, but yet she chose not to spend time in his presence. Her worries, her distractions interfered with her listening to Jesus and prevented her from being present with Jesus. Martha was more concerned about the physical than the spiritual. She allowed her service for Jesus to get in the way of her sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I think sometimes we're like Martha. We get so busy with life. We get so distracted by life, which includes even working for Jesus, that we fail to spend time with Him. We're pulled in different directions. We're distracted and worried about many things. And we have to let something go because we realize we can't do it all. We have too many things to do. Unfortunately, often what we let go of is what is most important. And that's our time with Jesus. And like Martha, even though what we may be doing is good, we ignore what is most important in our lives. What is sitting in the presence of our Savior. I think of what Psalm 46.10 says when the psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. Jesus says, if you want to know me, you need to spend time with me. And even though we can't do it all, there's one thing we should do and not ever forget, and that's spending time with Christ. And here's a word of advice. Don't try to fit Jesus into your schedule. Don't say, I'm going to try to find time for Jesus. Instead, build your schedule around Jesus and fit everything else around Him. Because this shows what you value most, what you consider most important. Because when we try to fit Jesus into our life, when we try to find time for Jesus, you know what happens? He becomes an afterthought. We say, well, I'll get to Jesus if I can. I'll work him in if I can. I don't have time for Jesus right now. Life is so busy. Busy, Jesus, I'll catch you later. Jesus should never be an afterthought. He should never be something we add when we can. He should always be a forethought in our lives. And it's funny how we make time for everything else, but somehow we don't make time for Jesus. And then we wonder why our lives, why our relationship with God is not what it should be. You know what I've discovered in life is we make time for what's most important. We make time for what's most important. And what we need to understand is what we think is important is not really important compared to what really is important. And if Jesus is really important to you, you'll make time for him as there's nothing more important than your relationship with Christ. And this is what Mary did. She let her chores go. Instead of being detached from Jesus, she attached herself to Jesus. She opened her heart to Jesus, whereas Martha only opened her home. You know, in some days, maybe there are some things you need to let go of. 
Maybe there are some things you need to put off so you can attach yourself to Jesus by spending time with, with Him. And what we need to realize is that if all our work and activities leave us no time to be still in the presence of Jesus, we're going to continue to be distracted. We're going to continue to worry. We're going to continue to be anxious because the only thing that can calm our spirit and give us peace is spending time with Christ. Learn to sit in His presence. Learn to forget about the cares of the world. Learn to love Him more than your worries and learn to love Him more than your work. And when we focus on Him instead of our worries, instead of our circumstances, instead of our schedules, other things become dim. I think of the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. It says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. The things of this earth will become strangely dim. What? In the light of His glory and grace. And in spite of your busy life, Commit to spend time with Jesus free from distractions. While driving, pray. Not with your eyes closed. Not a good idea. Pray with your eyes open. Listen to Christian music on Spotify or Apple or Amazon Music or Air One or Kayla. When you're spending time with God at home, turn off the TV. Put your phone in another location so you are not distracted by text or phone calls or the temptation to pick it up. That's why it's called quiet time. Because it's a time where you alone with God and nothing or no one else. And if your schedule is so busy, maybe you need to get up a few minutes early. Or stay awake a few minutes later at night. To make sure that you're spending that time with God. If you're at work, read your Bible and pray at lunch or when you're on break. You see, there is no excuse to not spend time with Jesus. And there's every reason to spend time with Him. And because Jesus did what it took to save us, we need to do what it takes to spend time with Him. So instead of getting wrapped up and preoccupied with life, get wrapped up in and preoccupied with Jesus. And look at what Martha did out of her frustration with Mary. She went to Jesus and vented with the hope that he would tell Mary to get to work. She said, Jesus, you make her help me. You ever been frustrated with someone because you're working and they're sitting? Sounds like two kids or a disgruntled employee. He's not doing anything. Why do I have to be the one doing all the work while they're sitting there and doing absolutely nothing? Martha was attempting to use Jesus' authority to guilt her younger sister into helping her, inventing her anger before Jesus, who was her guest. She did not honor Jesus, but she dishonored him as she brought Jesus into the middle of a family disagreement, which was looked down upon in that culture since Jesus was a guest in the home. And maybe since she felt like Mary was breaking cultural norms, she felt like that she could do the same. But Martha was overwhelmed. She was probably exhausted. exhausted, And because she was annoyed with her sister not helping, she complained. Now, does this mean that what Martha was doing was wrong and not important? Was it wrong for Martha to be a hospitable host? Not necessarily. Because if everyone sat at the feet of Jesus, nothing would get done. 
I believe Scripture tells us there's a time to sit and a time to serve. There's a time to spend with Jesus and a time to do the things Jesus wants us to do. And knowing which one we should do is a matter of spiritual discernment. But there should never be a time in our lives as followers of Christ where we are not either sitting in the presence of Jesus or serving Jesus. You see, after we sit in his presence, we need to go and serve. And after we serve him, we need to go and sit with him. And one way to serve Jesus that we've talked about in previous messages is inviting those who don't know him Those who are hurting, those who are outcasts, to have a meal with us for the purpose of sharing Jesus with them. But if we don't have time for Jesus, if we're too busy for Jesus, we probably aren't going to have time to share Jesus with others. And if sitting and serving are both important in the lives of a believer, where does does Martha go wrong? Martha goes wrong with a negative attitude about her work. Martha became jealous. Martha became resentful of Mary because Martha's work was becoming burdensome and she allowed her work to interfere with her relationship with Jesus. She allowed the distractions and the worries of life to take over her life instead of Jesus. So it's not necessarily what Martha did as much as how she did it. And what Martha was doing, she was resenting Mary, not because she was at the feet of Jesus, but because Mary was not helping her. You see, Martha wanted Mary to do what she was doing instead of her doing what Mary was doing. Martha could have been like Mary and just as easily ignored her chores and she could have joined Mary at the feet of Jesus. Or she could have chosen to serve with joy free from the worry and distraction of what Mary was doing. She could have been preoccupied with Jesus even as she served instead of what Mary was doing. And like Martha, the distractions, the worries of life will not only keep us from sitting in the presence of Jesus, but sometimes they'll keep us from serving Jesus in the right way with the right attitude. So instead of being preoccupied with life, we need to be preoccupied with Jesus. We need to understand there is a time to sit in his presence. But there's also a time to serve. And what matters most is why we do what we do and the attitude that we have while doing. And whether we're sitting in his presence or serving him, we need to do it with joy. And we need to do it free from distractions and free from resentment and free from grumbling and free from complaining. The third thing I'll say is is we will never regret spending time in the presence of Jesus. We need to make Jesus our priority. We need to be preoccupied with Jesus instead of life. And then we will never regret spending time in His presence. Look how Jesus responded to Mary's frustration in verses 41 and 42. He said, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus responded to Mary with 
or to, to Martha with, with tenderness. He repeated her name. He said, Martha, Martha. And then he gently scolded her and corrected her. And he was letting Martha know that she was too easily distracted by the things that were less important. And, and that though her service was sincere, it was misdirected. And Jesus made one thing clear to Martha. He said one thing was necessary. He said one thing was needed. And this is the one thing that Mary was doing. The one thing Jesus desired for Martha was to do what Mary did. To spend time with him. To listen to him. To learn from him. To be in his presence. Jesus told Martha that Mary made the right choice. And the word for right is is literally the word good. And we miss this in the English language, but in the Greek, this is a positive adjective that can be used in a comparative sense, meaning the word better, or it can be used in the superlative sense, meaning the word best. And in this context, the superlative use of the word is the preferred reading. And using the superlative form of the word best, the point Jesus is making is that it is best to be in his presence. Jesus is saying that nothing is better than what Mary chose. You see, Martha didn't make a bad choice. But in this moment, in this context, in this circumstance, she didn't make the better choice. Her busyness detracted from the more important business that Mary was engaged in. Jesus is making it clear that Martha should have chosen to ignore what she thought she needed to do, and she needed to let her chores go, let the meal prep go, and spend time with Him. In this moment, Jesus desired Martha's worship, not her work. Martha's actions were good, but Mary's were bad. And in life, we may choose what is good, but it may not be what is best. There is a saying that says the good is the enemy of great. Good is the enemy of great. That means that we are willing to settle. We are willing to accept being good and don't want to do what is necessary to be great. Because in our eyes, good is good enough. But in our context, we can reword this and say better is the enemy of best. When we allow our busyness to pull us away from doing business with God, we have chosen what is good and acceptable and even better over what is best. There's a missionary in the Ivory Coast. He shared that an African pastor, he passed through on his way home to Chad where civil war was raging. And he asked the missionary, what would you like to complete your luggage allowance of 44 pounds? He said, you want sugar? You want powdered milk? You want medicine? What do you want? The missionary responded, if I could have some Bibles, that would be great. The missionary asked, how's that? The pastor responded, back home, we lost everything in the war. And we learned to place less importance on that which passes away and more importance on that which lasts. We must not fail to share our bread with those who are hungry. But neither dare we forget that men shall not live by bread alone. In this story, it was good for that pastor to take food and to take medicine to those in need. But their hunger would only be temporarily satisfied. 
So it was best if he gave them God's word, which would eternally satisfy them. So the choice is not always between good and evil. Sometimes it's between better and best. And to listen to Jesus, to spend time in his presence, to feed our spirit is the best thing we can do. Does this mean that other things in life, that providing for our family, spending time with our family, investing in our children, hanging out with friends, doing things we like, like sports and hunting and fishing and other things, and doing ministry and missions, are they not important? Absolutely not. These things are important, but what is most important is being in the presence of Jesus. And being in the presence of Jesus will prepare you to live life well, to serve your family well, to serve the Lord well. And we may regret a lot of things in life, but one thing we will never regret is spending time with Jesus. Jesus concluded his general rebuke of Martha with the phrase, it will not be taken from her. Meaning, I'm not going to stop Mary from listening. I'm not going to tell her to stop what she's doing and come and help you, Martha. She can be in my presence as long as she desires. There's a song called Nothing Else. It says, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. That is a perfect description of what is best. That is a perfect description of what Mary was doing and what Jesus wanted Martha to do. And that is a perfect description of what God wants us to do. May we desire to sit at the feet of Jesus, free from distractions, free from worries, caught up in that holy moment, never wanting to leave, realizing that nothing else in life matters and nothing else will do. You know, often we allow life to interfere with our relationship with Jesus. We have worries. We have distractions all around us that try to pull us away from spending time with Him. And Satan would love nothing more than for us to be busy. Satan would love nothing more than to distract us and pull away from Jesus. And if we're not careful, we'll fall into the same trap as Martha. We'll choose what is good, but not what is best. And instead of being pulled away from what matters, we need to attach ourselves to what really matters. We need to spend time in the presence of Jesus through prayer, through worship, through Bible study. Instead of being preoccupied with life, we need to be preoccupied with Jesus and not allow the busyness of life to choke out the time we should be spending with Him. We must never allow anything to crowd out the filling of our spiritual need as nothing is near as important as our relationship with God. And instead of putting God on the back burner of life, we need to put him on the front burner of our lives. And if we want Jesus to be the priority in our life, we must never neglect our time with him. We must never miss out on what matters most. And like Mary, sometimes that means that life has to wait. 
Sometimes that means that life has to be put on hold. Sometimes that means that we have to sacrifice what is temporary for what is eternal. Realizing we will never get back those moments we miss spending time with Jesus. And even though there are a lot of things in life that we do that are good, the undeniable question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we doing what is best? Are we prioritizing Jesus in our lives? Are we preoccupied with Jesus instead of life? And if we choose to prioritize Jesus and not be preoccupied with life and sit at His feet and devote ourselves to hearing from Him and absorbing all that He wants to tell us, we are doing what is best and we will never regret it. And whatever we receive from Him will never be taken away. As we enter this time of commitment this morning, I ask you, what do you need to do to make Jesus the priority of your life? If you are here never giving your life to Jesus, I invite you to come and give your life to him this morning so you can sit in his presence, not just in this life, but for all of eternity. And if you have given your life to Jesus, are you choosing what is best like Mary? Is the priority in your life to spend time in His presence free from distractions or worries? Or do you try to fit Jesus in because you are too busy? Because you're too distracted by life? Because you're more interested in the temporary things of the world than the eternal things of God? What needs to change? What needs to be put on hold in your life to go from better to best? I want to encourage you this morning to make things right with God before you leave today. And if God is dealing with you in any areas that I've just mentioned or other areas of your life, maybe God's wanting you to be baptized. You've been saved but never baptized. Maybe God's calling you to join our membership here at Red House Baptist Church. Maybe God has spoken to you specifically about a call He's placed on your life, whether it's ministry or missions. Or maybe Jesus has laid someone or something else on your heart to pray for this morning. This altar is open for you. And if you need to talk with me or pray or me to pray with you, I'll be down at the front and be accessible to you this morning. But let's pray. And then we're going to enter our time of commitment. As we pray, I want you to ask God, am I doing what is best? God, what needs to change in my life to go from better to best and be like Mary and not be distracted by life like Martha? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now. And we just thank you for this time that we've had in your word. And Father, I know that life can be, get busy. Father, I know that life can get hectic. Father, I know that we can be discouraged and distracted by circumstances. But Father, may we not be so preoccupied with life and so distracted by life that we neglect our time with you. Father, may we just not say that you're a priority, that you're the priority in our life. God, may we show it. And Father, may we understand that we will never regret spending time with you. Because God, how can we live life well? How can you know, how can we know what you expect of us, God? How can we know how to live and what you want us to do if we fail to take time to spend time 
in your presence. Father, I just pray that you would work in each heart this morning because God, I know I'm guilty of allowing life to interfere with my relationship with you. And Father, may we understand that it's okay to put things on hold. God, it's okay to to not do some things just so we can make that time to spend it with you. And God, may we realize the most important thing we can do each day is to sit at your feet and to be in your presence. Father, help us to see this morning how each of us can go from doing what is good and doing what is better and doing what is acceptable to doing what is best. God, help us not to try to fit you into our schedule, God, but help us to arrange our schedule around you. And Father, if there's someone this morning who does not know you, God, the greatest decision they can make is accepting what you did on the cross for them, paying for their sin, giving their life to you. God, that's the best decision they can make. Because God, when they make that decision, they're able to sit at your feet. Not just in this life, but for all of eternity. Father, work in the hearts of your people this morning. And Father, we just ask that lives would be changed, not by what I've said, Father, but by what you've said to them this morning through your Holy Spirit. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand. The altar is open for you. And I'll be down front if you need.